Good morning, good morning. God bless you, Calvary Christian Fellowship. Now let's get our hearts ready to praise and worship our Almighty God. He is worthy to be praised. Remember, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So now let's enter into a time of worship and praise. Remember, your God is hearing you. He loves when we praise Him. And the Bible says that His presence dwells in the place where His people are praising Him. So let's go into worship right now.
excited about doing the offering because it's one of my favorite parts of the service because it's an opportunity for us to show God our gratefulness, our thanks, our appreciation, our acknowledgement that he is sovereign, that he is God, that everything he gives to us is from him, from his heart because he loves us, not because he has to, and that everything we have comes from him. He owns all the cattle on all the hills. He owns all the silver and the gold. There is nothing that we could possibly give him that he has not already provided for us. And for that, I'm grateful. And as you prepare to give today, I want to read you a couple of scriptures. We're going to start with Deuteronomy chapter 16, verses 16 through 17, which reads, Three times a year, all your men must appear before the Lord your God at the place he will choose at the festival of the unleavened bread, the festival of weeks, and the festival of tabernacles. No one should appear before the Lord empty-handed. Each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord your God has blessed you. Amen. And the next scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 through 15, which reads, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of need and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. 
you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. As through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expression of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable, indescribable gift. Isn't that a blessing? That through our giving, we not only bless others, but we bless God. We show him how grateful we are. Our giving is thanksgiving. When I looked up the word thanksgiving in uh, the dictionary, you know, I, I know what thanksgiving is. Obviously, you know what thanksgiving is. It's giving thanks. But I wanted to see what the precise definition was. And when I looked it up, it said that it's a public acknowledgement or celebration of divine goodness, God's goodness. It's the act of giving thanks. It's a prayer expressing gratitude. That's what Thanksgiving is. So in these scriptures, God is telling us that giving is Thanksgiving. It's how we express our thanks to God. It's expressing his sovereignty, amen, that he is Lord, that he is God, that he is God over all. He's God over everything. He's the owner of all the cattle. He's owner of all the gold and all the silver. So when we give to him, we are merely giving him what's already his. And in doing so, we're thanking him and we're showing our gratitude. We're acknowledging that all we have and all that we are and all that comes into our hands is from him. It's not because we work hard. It's not of anything we do. Everything we have, he has provided for. He's provided for our families. He's provided for our jobs. He's provided for our children. He's provided opportunities and relationships for us to grow wealth and to make money. His, the word says that. He has done all of this just for us. And for that, we should be eternally grateful. All throughout the Bible, when people gave thanks, they brought gifts. And this is still something we do today. At Christmas, we give gifts to our beautician, our barber, our doorman, our maintenance guys, our porters, our employees, if some of us have employees. And in fact, the more grateful you are, the bigger the gift. Isn't that right? When someone invites you over to their home for dinner, most of us bring something. We bring dessert. We bring flowers. We bring a beverage of some sort or a small gift or um, a card for the hostess. We do that because we're grateful that they invited us into their home, that they are sharing with us what is theirs. Amen? In fact, a few weeks before Christmas, the mailman delivered a package to me. And, you know, I, I did most of my shopping this year online, so there were packages coming in every day. So I was just, you know, just out of habit. I'm, I'm ripping them open, cutting them open, looking. And um, this one particular box had a brand new phone. And I was like, oh my God, Dante bought me the new iPhone. Turns out it wasn't the new iPhone. It was uh, the new Galaxy or Droid or Galaxy um, something or other. 
And I was like, why would somebody be giving me a Galaxy when everyone knows I'm an iPhone girl? So I looked at the box and it wasn't for me. It wasn't addressed to me. Unfortunately, it had my apartment number, but it was the wrong building. So I got dressed, I got up, and I walked over to the building, and I returned uh, the phone to the young man um, to whom it was intended to be delivered. A few days later, uh, I get home, and there's an, uh, an envelope on my doorstep with uh, a $20 bill and a very nice note thanking me for returning the phone. Now, he didn't have to do that. I gave him the phone, obviously, but he was so grateful that this thing that he thought was lost was found because even as I uh, went to his house, he was calling the phone people who sent him the phone saying that the package had not received and they were giving him a lot of problems because they reflected that it had been delivered. So he was grateful and he thanked me monetarily, which wasn't necessary, obviously, but that's what we do. When we're grateful, we give. Sometimes we give money, sometimes we give verbal thanks, sometimes we do something for the other people, but gratitude and thankfulness always comes with giving, amen? And the Bible says as much. And I recall when I was little, we used to go to church and my mother would give us like 50 cents or a dollar to put in the offering plate and she was teaching us that you don't come to church empty-handed, that you always reverence God with the substance of all that you have, a portion of the substance of all of you have. And I've never forgotten that. And I taught my son that. And I, you know, it's, it's a practice and a principle that we should all live by because it's in the Bible, because this is what God is saying is an act of thanksgiving. So why wouldn't we want to show our sovereign God, how grateful we are, how thankful we are, and to acknowledge that everything we have is because he gave us, because he loves us. Amen. So ask yourself today, has God done anything for you? I know he has. I know he has because you're on right now watching, streaming online when you could be doing a hundred other things. You could be sleeping in, you could be making breakfast, you could be watching anything but you're choosing to feed off of the word of God. So you're thankful and you're grateful. So as we give, let's keep that in mind. Has God done anything for you? Let's give because we're grateful for all he has done. Let's give because he's brought us through 2020. Let's give to celebrate his goodness. Let's give in proportion to the way God has blessed us. Father, we thank you for your bountiful blessings. We thank you for you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We thank you, Lord, for blessing and keeping us. Father, we bring our best gift to the altar today, Father God. And we thank you, Lord God, for you have given us this seed to sow. We ask that you bless it, multiply it, Lord, and make sure it gets to the places that it needs to get to, Father God, that it will be a blessing to your people, Lord God. Father God, bring increase. Bring increase, Lord God, to every household, Lord God, under the sound of my voice, who has given, is giving, or will give, Father God. Bless them, Father God. Bless them in their place. Meet them in their place of need. Bless them exceedingly abundantly above all they could ask or think, Father. Father, I thank you. I thank you that their needs are met. 
I thank you that they are givers, that they are tithers, that they are grateful for what you have done for them, Lord God, and that they will not forget you, Lord God. Father, I thank you. I praise you. We give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, family. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. 
away the sin of the world. The Bible says he was slain before the foundations of the earth. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you.
want you to remember that God, God's created everything you see. He breathed it into existence. Remember when his people were caught up in slavery? He rescued them. What he did was he parted the sea and he made a way for them and then he delivered their enemies to them and he unlocks wombs and he provides water from a rock and he provides manna from heaven and he brought down the walls of Jericho. He froze the sun allowing victory. He's toppled giants with tiny stones. He's brought fire from heaven. He shut the mouths of lions. He preserved life in the belly of a well. He's fed thousands with a few loaves. He gives the weak strength. He heals the sick. He's made the blind see, the deaf ear, the mute speak, the lame walk, and he's overcome evil, and he's made a way through death for you and me by the death and the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ, that we will live with him forever. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever and ever. What are we afraid of? His resume is flawless. He controls everything. And he loves you. Praise God. So far, it's been a wonderful, wonderful time in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Minister Cynthia, thank you so much uh, for that encouragement so that we could continue to be faithful and consistent in all of our disciplines, including that discipline of giving. It's so very vital during these times that we have more than enough in the house of God to be able to minister to those that God places in our care. I wanted to speak to you a couple of minutes about the importance of strength and stability. And I want to talk to you about our true strength and stability. Because truly, if we look about if we look at the scriptural vantage point, wisdom is the stability of our times. And we need wisdom. The things we're seeing out there lacks wisdom. And it's unfortunate that we can see this, but the truth of the matter is God is allowing us to see the condition of our hearts in this day. And uh, we need to realize we need the wisdom of God. In Isaiah chapter 33, verse 6, in the New King James, it says it this way, Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of your salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. So if you look at the scriptural vantage point, the Bible says that wisdom and knowledge will be the stability. And boy, do we need stability. But let me read it this moment also from the TPT version. The Passion Translation. I love what it says in there. Isaiah 33, 6 in the, uh, the Passion Translation. It says, He will be your constant source of stability in changing times. And out of His abundant love, He gives you the riches of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. Yes, the fear of the Lord is the key to His treasure. Wow, praise God. So you can see there are several key thoughts. Number one, He, Almighty God, is our constant source, source of stability. Not man, not any political party. It's God, uh, not um, this group or that group. God is our constant source of stability in changing times. And what are we seeing around us? 
changing times. And out of his abundant love, he gives you the riches of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. Because of his love, because he loves us, he gives us salvation. But he also gives us wisdom and knowledge because we need it. Especially during times like this, in the times of constant changing landscapes and scenario. Then it says, yes, the fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. The fear of the Lord is the key. For those of us that fear the Lord, that is the key to the stability of our times. That is the key to receiving the wisdom of God, to receiving the strength of salvation, to walk with Him. And the word stability simply means the strength to stand or endure. It's firmness. It's to be firm while everything around us is moving. And once again, we're saddened. We are saddened to see the fragility of our nation and condition. One thing can upend, you know, our beautiful freedoms. You know, God has absolutely opened up the veil of secrecy. And he's allowed us in this season to see the true condition as a nation. The true condition of our hearts. The true condition of our fallen nature. The true condition of our sinful hearts. He's allowed us to see it. And this should bring the church, all of us, to the point of humility and brokenness before the Lord. The scriptures make it clear. The macro conditions that would exist in the last days. And we're seeing them. We're seeing conditions such as pride, arrogance, hate, division. Even within households and even in the house of the Lord, we have division. And that's not God. That's a work of the flesh. That's part of the fallen nature. That should not be in the house of God. And what about worship of the creature instead of the creator? People think they're all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> no, we're not. We need God. We're, we're desperately in need for Almighty God. What about this thing? Lovers of self. Don't you see that? I see that all over the place. People love themselves versus loving their neighbor or loving God. They choose to love themselves. And what about lust for power and for self-gratification? These are macro signals of the end times. So the church should be right now in a spirit of grieving, in a spirit of, of, of interceding on behalf of this nation. Not getting caught up with all the fighting and the infighting and the arguing with each other and, you know, and, and the uh, posturing one against the other. No, we should be humbling ourselves before Almighty God because He is the stability of our times. The church needs to get back to being the salt that God wants us to be. Think about it. Salt infiltrates its surroundings and changes the environment. We don't change salt. Salt changes us. Salt protects. Salt preserves. Wherever we go, are we protecting it? Or are we just part of the problem? Are we preserving our nation? Are we preserving our city? Are we preserving our families? Are we preserving our church family? Or are we part of the problem? If salt heightens the flavor of the food. So wherever you are, you should heighten the passion and desire for Christ. You should heighten the, 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 the interest in Almighty God, in His Word, in the Scriptures. Salt, in proper proportions, can actually restore healthy bodily functions and chemistry. So we're supposed to be restoring the chemistry of the nation, the chemistry of unity, the chemistry of peace. Salt actually brings healing. It has antibacterial and antiseptic 
uh, properties. So it can kill viruses, bacteria, and antiseptics kills or prevents the growth of bacteria, uh, bacteria, viruses, and fungi. So we're, when we show up, we're supposed to be preventing the works of the flesh. We should be leading people into the fruit of the Spirit. So people, we, get, we need to get back to being the salt of the world. Now, the scripture in Isaiah has several key words. We use key words in the computer when we want to find something. When we want to find anything specific, we'll put in a, a key word and it'll lead us to the specific uh, things that we need. But the scripture in Isaiah has several key words that contain powerful truths and revelation for us during this season. So let me share some of these key words. The first key word that that verse in Isaiah said was salvation. God would give us salvation. The word salvation is the Hebrew word Yeshua, you know, feminine passive, and it's something saved, something saved. It's deliverance. It's also aid. It's victory. It's prosperity. Not prosperity of having five Lamborghinis, but prosperity and being able to accomplish that which God called you to do with more than enough to have for you, your family, and for those that God called you to minister. In the King James Version, that word salvation means deliverance, health. It also means welfare. Not welfare like we see today where somebody is down and out, the government helps them, gives them a couple of dollars. That's not what it's talking about. It's being well in being, well in heart, well in mind, well in soul. God gives us salvation, not just eternal salvation, but he gives us salvation here on earth also, where he gives us everything that we need, uh, the health that we need, the peace of God, uh, the grace of God. And he, he gives us the favor of God. So the salvation package that was activated by the Lord Jesus' sacrifice on the cross includes all of that. Salvation includes life and life in abundance to the full. The Amplified says in John chapter 10, 10, the thief comes only in order to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Wow, praise God. So part of salvation is that. In Romans 1, 16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, because it is the power of God to salvation. For everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. In other words, for the whole world. It is the power of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why we need to be sharing today the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not our opinions, not what we think. You know, not, not this person's opinion, that person's opinion. We need to be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because that is the power of God to salvation. Also, in Ephesians 1.13, it says, In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. See, once again, gospel brings salvation. In whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Wow, praise God. So God's word, the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we believed in his word, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That means that the, the, in the spirit realm, when they see you, when the angels see you, when the principalities and powers see you, they see the mark of God. They see the seal of the Holy Spirit. You, sir, you, ma'am, belong to God. And all of heaven knows it because you're sealed with the Holy Spirit 
of promise. Also, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, it says, take the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. What does a helmet cover? Does it not cover the brain, the head, where we think? The head is chief of the body. Where the head goes, the body goes. What the head thinks, the body acts. So we need, we need the gospel of Jesus Christ to cover our head, our mind, our brain, our thoughts. So we need to take on the helmet of salvation. So the wisdom of God to us is salvation, and it helps to lead the rest of the body, our actions, our future, our legacies. Why? Because we have salvation, not just salvation eternally, but we also have practical, everyday salvation, wisdom, and understanding that God gives us. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8, it says, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love as a helmet, or other, and as a helmet of hope, salvation. Wow. We put on the helmet of hope of salvation. So salvation doesn't only cover our mind, our brain, our, our walk. It also gives us hope. When we read the Word, when we remind ourselves of the promises of God, it gives us hope. That's why we should be focused on the Word of God. That's the stability of our times. His wisdom. See? Second point that it says, it shares that the stability of our time is wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge. Proverbs 4, 7 and 8 says, Wisdom is the principal thing. The principal thing is the first and foremost thing. The most important. It says, Therefore, get wisdom. In all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. So wisdom is something we're supposed to be chasing after. It's supposed to be the priority. It's supposed to be the first thing we're going after. First thing that you should that you should be going after is not CNN, ABC, you know, C, uh, MSNBC. None of those things. You should be going after the Word of God first. The Word of God should be your stability, people. See, wisdom is the ability to discern. And if all we're getting is opinion from people, we're getting opinions of what they think is right or wrong. I want to know what's right and wrong, period. So I go to the Word. I'll listen to people's opinion just to get an uh, overall um, touch and feel of what's going on, what's happening out there. But when I want the truth, I go to the Word. So I need the Word of God for wisdom, because the wisdom gives me the ability to discern. It gives me good sense, wise attitude. It gives me wise course of action. In the Greek, the word wisdom is Sophia. Sophia is not just knowledge, it's a type of understanding that allows you to act accordingly. In other words, wisdom is practical. It's practical in nature. It allows you to know and see what to do. Not just trivia, not just information, but real practical wisdom. Should I go left? Should I go, should I go right? Is this time to invest or is this time to pull out? Is this relationship good for me or is this relationship bad for me? We need that kind of, we need Sophia wisdom practical wisdom that's the that's what separates natural worldly wisdom from spiritual godly wisdom it's that ability to act according uh, to the purposes of God in a way that's going to benefit us and benefit those that we minister to because we know there's natural wisdom Moses was instructed in the wisdom of Egypt the Bible says in Acts chapter 7 verse 22 
but there's also a special wisdom that can only come from God especially it comes through the Holy Spirit remember seven men in the New Testament chosen to help the Apostles they were full of the Spirit and wisdom see that's Sophia wisdom and believers receive God's wisdom through the Spirit of God first Corinthians chapter 2 verses 5 all the way through 16 you could read that you see how uh, God's wisdom comes through the Spirit in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 in the ERV version look at what look what it says so be very careful how you live live wisely not like fools I mean that you should use every opportunity you have for doing good Wow use every opportunity you have for doing good I'm gonna say it the third time use every opportunity you have for doing good because these are evil times so don't be foolish with your lives but learn what the Lord wants you to do don't be drunk with wine which will ruin your life but be filled with the Spirit encourage each other encourage each other say that with me right now encourage each other are you encouraging each other right now with your words are you encouraging each other right now with your songs are you encouraging each other with your attitudes your mindsets when people hear you do they get encouraged when you get on Facebook when you get on YouTube do you encourage people the Bible says encourage each other but notice encourage each other with Psalms with hymns and spiritual songs in other words encourage each other with the word that's how I encourage you with the word my opinions might not encourage you but the word will always encourage you it says sing and make music in your hearts to the Lord always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ thank God for everything thank God for everything in every situation thank him because he's with you he's there with you he never leaves you nor forsakes you and sometimes even in the difficult times he's there with you teaching you something showing you something and then it says in verse 21 be willing to serve each other out of respect for Christ did you get that I don't think you did it says be willing to serve each other out of respect for Christ I'm gonna say it again be willing to serve each other out of respect for Christ in other words when I'm dealing with you out of respect for Christ I'm gonna treat you with love with grace I'm gonna give you the word I'm not gonna talk evil of you I'm not going to criticize you in a way that will destroy you anything I do with you and for your benefit is going to be out of respect for Christ when I see you I see a child of God and that's how I am going to respond out of the respect that I have for my loving God I'm gonna treat you the way he treats you I'm gonna love you the way he loves you in the NIV version uh, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 says it this way be very careful how you live not as unwise but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil they are things are very difficult we got a good glimpse of that in the year 2020 you see the times are evil see evil men being lifted up and and doing things that are hurting the nation the world that are hurting communities but we need to make the most of every opportunity and share the gospel and be Christ to others be his representatives we need to ask for wisdom on a daily basis every single day give us this day our daily bread father give us this day our daily wisdom we need wisdom in, in James chapter 1 verse 5 through 7 
In the Amplified Version, it says this, If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God, who gives everyone liberally and ungrudgingly, without reproaching or fault-finding, and it will be given him. That's a powerful verse. If any of you are deficient in wisdom. Wow, Apostle James pegged it right there. There are times where we need wisdom. And that's why we need to pray for wisdom each and every day. He says, let him ask the giving God. See, God is a giving God. The Spirit of God is in you. When you ask him, he will give it to you. It's already there. All you have to do is ask it and receive it by faith. It says he gives it to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly. See, that's, that's generously. See, without fault finding, it even says, and it will be given him. So God doesn't judge you. You know, oh my God, I don't know this, I'm dumb. I just forget about that. God does not judge you. He loves you. He's a giving God. And He wants to make sure you have the wisdom for the day. So in order to embrace the wisdom of God, understand this. You're going to have to realize that you'll continuously be changing and growing. The, the proverbial comfort level will have to go out the window. Times are changing. We have to change too. Our mindsets have to be changed. Others can live a comfortable life, but not you. You're going to be living at a higher level. Also, in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and man. So even Jesus, in his earthly ministry, he actually grew and grew in wisdom, in the Sophia wisdom, that practical wisdom, that discerning wisdom, that God wisdom. Proverbs 24, verses 3 on, it says, Through wisdom a house is built. By understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Notice, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Wisdom, a house is built. Knowledge, it is established. Uh, understanding, it is established. And knowledge, all the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Then in verse 5 it says, a wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases strength. See, so we get wisdom first, and then strength follows wisdom. See, we, we want strength, but we're not following wisdom. No, no. The key here is follow wisdom, and then strength will come. And then by wise counsel, verse 6, it says, by wise counsel, what's counsel? That's the advice, the wisdom of others. Otherwise, men and women, by wise counsel, you will wage your own war. And in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. See, so in wisdom, there is safety. Wisdom will help you in every battle. Wisdom will help you in leadership. Deuteronomy 34.9 says it this way. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. Notice, there's a spirit of wisdom. Hallelujah. That's what I want. I want wisdom in this day. I need wisdom. Without wisdom, how am I going to navigate? Not even the government knows what to do for crying out loud because things are changing so quickly. We need the wisdom of God, people. It says, Moses had laid his hands on him, so the children of Israel heeded him. They listened to him just as, they, just as the Lord com had commanded Moses. And then the third key in that verse in Ephesians, it says, that the fear of the Lord is our treasure. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the key. The key to the treasure. Psalms 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We need wisdom, but in order to get wisdom, we have to have the fear of the Lord. 
The fear of the Lord is that high, overarching respect and honor that we give God. We give Him the priority. We love Him with all our heart, our soul, our minds. And when we fear the Lord in that way, when we honor Him, we worship Him, we respect Him, we regard Him, then that's the beginning of wisdom. That's when wisdom, His wisdom, starts coming your way. Proverbs 1 7 says it this way the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge then it says but fools they despise wisdom and instruction Wow not me I love wisdom God give me all the wisdom I need every day I love you I praise you I fear you I don't fear man I fear you the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge so we want to chase after knowledge fear the Lord go to him first make him the priority hallelujah in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Notice, God dispatched grace. God gave grace on the cross, but we've been saved through faith. By grace you have been saved through faith. So even though God has released His grace, not everybody has faith. Not everybody honors God. Not everybody fears God. Not everybody will receive what he has for, for them. Not everybody receives what Jesus did on the cross for them. See, that's foolish. They reject God. Because he sent his grace, and we're saved by grace, but it's through faith. It's what we receive from God that actually comes into manifestation in our lives. God gives it, but we have to receive it. He says, that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. What do you do with a gift? You receive the gift. You don't reject the gift. You say, thank you, I receive it. See, faith acknowledges that you need God. Faith acknowledges that you fear God. Without Him, we cannot do anything. See, so knowledge comes to those that fear God. And faith is recognizing His Lordship. Faith is, also, is recognizing His awesomeness, recognizing that He's Almighty God recognizing his love recognizing that Jesus died on the cross for us so by faith we receive it but it's the fear of God that's the key that unlocks the wisdom the knowledge the understanding salvation Psalms 25 14 says the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him you want to know God's secrets fear him and not fear in the sense all oh, afraid of God but the, 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 the sense of the awesome soberness that he is Almighty God that I am his creation, that everything was made by him and for him. I bow the knee before him because he is worthy to be praised. See, and God shows this, his secrets to those that fear him and he will show them his covenant. His covenant, rather, his covenant. He will show them his covenant. That's Psalms 25, 14. In Psalms, Psalms 34, 7, it says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. And he delivers them. See, I love that about Almighty God. He even sends his angels to encamp round about us because we trust him. We honor him. We worship him. And Psalms 128 verse 1, it says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. See, when you fear the Lord, you'll walk in his ways. You won't just say, oh yeah, I know about that stuff. No, you'll walk in his ways. God knows those who fear him because those that fear Him, walk with Him. They honor Him. They praise Him. So in conclusion, Isaiah 33, verse 6, once again in the TPT version, the Passion Translation, 
He will be your constant source of stability in changing times. And out of his abundant love, he gives us the riches of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. Yes, the fear of the Lord is the key to his treasure. Do you fear the Lord? If you fear the Lord, you will see his stability in your life. You will see his abundant love. You will see the riches of salvation, the riches of wisdom, the riches of knowledge. Hallelujah, in your life. Let me give you a quote from Mr. Hoffer. It says, in times of change, the learners shall inherit the earth, while the learned find themselves beautifully equipped to deal in a world that no longer exists. Times are changing, people, and we need to change with the times. So we need to um, submit to Isaiah 33 and understand and know that he is our constant source of stability in changing times. And out of his abundant love, he's the one that gives us salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. So what's the key? Fearing the Lord. Hallelujah. That's our true treasure. So I want you to bow your heads this moment. I want you to consider what I just shared with you from the Word of God, from the truth. Because the Word of God is the truth, not my opinion. The Word of God is the truth. This, this moment, as you have your heads bowed right there in your living room, in the car, where you work, are you considering that you love the Lord? Or are you looking and saying, you know, I really have pretty much left the Lord on one side and I've been embracing other things. I have not been walking in the ways of God. I have not been salt in my surroundings. And if, you know, we're at that point, it's simple, just repent. Just ask God for forgiveness right now. So Lord, forgive me for not walking the way you want me to walk in this season. Listen, the world is in confusion. The world is in chaos. They need to see stability. And when they see you, do they see stability? When they see you, do they see abundant love? When they see you, do they hear wisdom and knowledge from you? It's time we get back and be the church. God's calling us in this day to be the church. Hallelujah. Don't be conformed to the world. Be conformed to His image. And let His image broadcast from you to a world that's lost and dying, to a world that needs salvation. They need the wisdom of God. They need the knowledge of God. They need to understand what the fear of the Lord truly is. So you be that example. Father, I pray for your people this moment. I ask that you grant them your grace, your favor in this day. Holy Spirit, I pray right now you quicken them. Show them the areas where they need change. Show them the areas where they have been walking like the world. They've been talking like the world. They have been enmeshed with the things of the world. World system, world thoughts, world mindsets. And Lord, bring us back to that place of fearing you first. Of putting you first. Of walking in you, my God. Of fearing the Lord. I pray that you open up the eyes of their understanding, Lord God. That they would once again allow you to be their constant source of stability in the midst of changing times. Father, show them, Lord God, that you have been reaching out to them with abundant love. And your desire for them is that they would have salvation, that they would be able to walk each and every day with wisdom and knowledge. But not just worldly wisdom, the wisdom of God, Sophia wisdom, a spiritual, Holy Spirit-inspired, practical wisdom and knowledge that would benefit them and all those that they minister to. So we bless them with that right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, for it. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. I pray that that bless you like it blessed me.
uh, just wanted to let you know that we have been having a great time in the Tuesday uh, services uh, via Zoom. Uh, it's been a blessing. Uh, we've been praying and worshiping God, and 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 we've been breaking into uh, the chat rooms and praying for each other, fellowshipping, and just having a wonderful time in the Lord and talking about the truth of Almighty God. So I invite you to be with us every Tuesday. I invite you to be with uh, Pastor Gwen every Thursday. I invite you to be with us every Wednesday as we pray and ask God for His grace and favor and tender mercies over our nation, over our world. Wednesdays at 7.30 via Zoom. And Fridays, we're also having a wonderful time. Uh, Minister Tony has been sharing on the book of Revelation. And uh, we've just have been having a wonderful time um, on Fridays also. As you know, the rest of this month, we'll be spending it on Zoom. We will not be uh, at the building. You know, we're giving a chance. Uh, we cleaned the building. We made sure everything is wonderful there. Uh, and the end of January, we'll give you some instructions. But meanwhile, everything will be online. But needless to say, we don't have to lack the fellowship. We're still fellowshipping now, even in this virtual chat room. I sense your presence. I know that you're hearing me. And I hear and I read your beautiful words and thoughts um, in the chat room. I'm there right with you, chatting right along with you. I love you guys. I so do appreciate each and every one of you. We're praying for each and every one of you uh, each and every day. Uh, and we know that the Spirit of God is with you. Always remember, He is your stability in changing times. Don't ever forget that. Don't let anything deter you from your relationship with God. Don't let everything push you away from your relationship with God. Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Let me pray with you as we uh, break uh, to uh, dismiss from the service. And, and, and don't forget, if you haven't had a chance to release your offering uh, at the end of uh, this gathering, uh, let's make sure we go over to calvaryny.org calvaryny.org and uh, release your offering there calvaryny.org forward slash give and you have any questions any prayer requests you can also uh, leave it in the chat room or you could call our office 718-829-5306 718-829-5306 father i pray your blessing upon your people as we release them from this service thanking you that you're with them thank you that your angels encamp around about uh, over them lord god and guard them and keep them in all of their ways thank you that your presence is right there wherever they're at we are the church and you are with us wherever we're at and i thank you that you are with us you never leave us nor forsake us so father dismiss your people from this service but not from your presence in the name of the lord jesus christ the name that is above all names we give you the praise we give you the glory give you all the honor my god hallelujah remember you're blessed and you are highly favored so go be that blessing this week that god has called you to be love you guys take care bye bye